Welcome to episode 18 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture, a podcast exploring the rich and fascinating history of the most iconic demons in pop culture. For centuries, the Leviathan has captured the imagination of people around the world, appearing in countless stories and legends as a giant sea-dwelling beast of unimaginable power and ferocity. But where did the idea of the Leviathan come from and what does it represent? In this podcast, we'll delve into the origins and evolution of the Leviathan, examining its appearances in ancient literature, religion, and culture. We'll explore the different interpretations of the Leviathan throughout history, from its role as a symbol of chaos and destruction, chaos and destruction is going to come up a lot in this episode, to its depiction as a divine, almost godlike being. So join us on a journey through the ages as we uncover the mysteries of the Leviathan. Get you, Barbara. I'll swallow your soul! Let me get some business out of the way. You need to subscribe to my newsletter so you can see these amazing drawings by my friend Chris Blake Sasser. We are putting together a 2023 Real Demons of Pop Culture Volume 1 coloring book. There will eventually be three volumes because I am having all 72 demons from the lesser key of Solomon Ars Goetia demons in this coloring book. Chris is working on them. And the reason why I tell you to jump in and join the newsletter is because I give you sneak peeks of what's coming up. When he creates a rough drawing, I will share that with you. So definitely you want to check that out. Jump into the show notes, you'll find the link to the newsletter, join, and every week you'll get an update on what's coming up with the real demons of pop culture. Now we're going to jump into the magic number. The way this works is I am going to count down three, two, one. I will pause while I'm thinking of the magic number. You will write that number down at the end of the episode. I'll reveal the number if you get it right. That means you will have an extra special magical day. If you get it wrong, you'll just have a wonderful day, but it won't be magical sorry. That's just how it works. So I'm going to count down. You're going to write that number down. I'll reveal it at the end of the episode. Three, two, one. All right. I hope you wrote that down. That is the magic number game we do every week here on the Real Demons of Pop Culture. This week, we're going to open up the file cabinet and take a look back at my history as Dr. J, Demon Hunter. This is case number 431, the case of the Leviathan, and it began late one night with a phone call from the mayor of Wildwood, New Jersey. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Hello? going on? It's a sea monster, Doc. It's been spotted off the coast and it's terrorizing the town. I heard you're just the man that can help capture it. All right. I'm going to get ready. I'll be there in the morning. Thank you, Doctor. We'll be waiting for you at the harbor. As I hung up the phone and began packing my bag, 
I couldn't shake the feeling that this was going to be a long and dangerous mission. But I was ready for the challenge. I am a demon hunter after all. The first known writings about Leviathan can be found in the Hebrew Bible, where it is described as a giant sea monster with fearsome strength and power. Now, according to the book of Job, the Leviathan is a creature that God created along with the other beast of the sea, and its size is so great that it is able to breathe fire and make the waters boil. The Leviathan is also mentioned in other ancient Near Eastern texts, including the Babylonian creation myth, the Enuma Elish, where it is depicted as a massive dragon-like monster that fought against the gods. In this myth, the Leviathan is ultimately defeated and its body is used to create the world, which is kind of neat, with its eyes becoming the source of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. That's like the what do they call that? The crescent of civilization where all people kind of, well, at least civilization started. So throughout history, the Leviathan has continued to appear in various works of literature and art, often depicted as a giant sea monster or serpent. It has been associated with chaos and destruction, as well as themes of divine power and sovereignty. I should do it like a drinking game. Anytime I say chaos and destruction, you drink. Just, you know, that's if you want to. Despite its fearsome reputation, the Leviathan has also been revered as a symbol of cosmic order, with some traditions viewing it as a protector of the natural world. I arrived at the docks just as the sun was beginning to rise over the horizon. The mayor and captain were already waiting for me, standing on the edge of the pier with a group of townsfolk who had gathered to witness my arrival. Thank you, thank you. As I walked toward them, I couldn't help but feel a sense of nervous excitement. I have faced my fair share of demonic threats before, but a sea monster was a new one. I had no idea what to expect, but I knew I was ready for the challenge. Dr. J was so glad you could make it, the mayor said, shaking my hand. This is Captain Shaw, the man who will be leading the hunt for the Leviathan. The captain nodded at me, his face serious. We've chartered a ship to take us out to where the beast was last seen. We'll need your expertise to help us track it down and capture it. I nodded, feeling a sense of determination wash over me. I'm ready when you are, I said. Together we boarded the ship and set sail toward the open sea. As the shoreline receded into the distance, I couldn't shake the feeling that this was going to be a long and dangerous mission. But I was ready for whatever the Leviathan had in store for us. Now when we talk about the Leviathan, we can't forget to mention the Behemoth. The Behemoth! Alright, so the Behemoth and the Leviathan are both mentioned in the Hebrew Bible. They are powerful, fearsome beasts that were created by God. That's important to understand. Like these evil things, everything bad in the world was created by God. So ultimately God is all responsible for everything evil. People are doing like mind gymnastics to make that not true, but it's true. The behemoth is described as a giant land-dwelling creature while the Leviathan is described as a sea monster. I also want to bring up that the behemoth is male in these stories and the Leviathan is female. In some interpretations, the behemoth and the Leviathan are seen as two different aspects of the same creature, with the behemoth representing the earthly realm and the Leviathan representing the sea. 
Both beasts are often associated with chaos and destruction, drink, and are seen as symbols of the ultimate enemy of God. The behemoth and the Leviathan are both mentioned in the book of Job as examples of the power and majesty of God, and they are also mentioned in other ancient and Near Eastern texts, including that Babylonian creation myth, the Enuma Elish, or is it Enuma Eilish, like Billy Eilish, but it's spelled a little different. Enuma is E-N-U-M-A, Elish is E-L-I-S-H, so it could be Elish or Elish. In these texts, the behemoth and the Leviathan are depicted as giant dragon-like monsters that fought against the gods. Despite their fearsome reputation, the behemoth and the Leviathan have also been revered as symbols of cosmic order, with some traditions viewing them as protectors of the natural world. All right, now it's time for my compare and contrast. We're going to compare Leviathan to other sea monsters, legends, myths, throughout history, uh, not all of them, but just some of them. And just because I'm comparing and contrasting doesn't mean that one of them may not show up in a future episode. So I don't feel like this is all I'm going to say on these creatures. So we're going to talk about the origins, the appearance, the role in mythology, and the abilities of these creatures. So we'll start out with Leviathan. The Leviathan has roots as we had said, all this is kind of repeated in ancient Near Eastern mythology, including the Hebrew Bible and the Babylonian creation myth, the Enuma Elish. The appearance of the Leviathan is often depicted as a giant sea serpent or dragon-like monster. The Leviathan is often associated with chaos and destruction, drink, and has been depicted as an enemy of God or the gods in various mythologies. And the Leviathan's abilities... Leviathan is often depicted as having an immense strength and the ability to breathe fire, which is super cool, and make the waters boil. Who's next? Release the Kraken! That's right, the Kraken, who, in the 80s, there was a toy put out of the Kraken from the original Clash of the Titans movie. I think that was 1981, 82, somewhere around there. And that toy is nearly impossible to get right now. I am so disappointed that I never picked it up in the 80s uh, because it's worth a fortune now. Can't even touch it. It would look great in the office of demonology here on the shelves. The appearance of the Kraken is typically depicted as a giant octopus or squid. However, in the movie of the Clash of the Titans, he is not that. He is a... I don't know. He's a Ray Harryhausen creation, which is just awesome. The origins, the Kraken is more closely associated with Norse mythology and is mentioned in Scandinavian folklore as a giant sea monster that dwells off the coast of Norway and Greenland. The Kraken's abilities, the Kraken is known for its tentacles, which it uses to drag ships and sailors down to the depths of the oceans. The Kraken is typically portrayed as a more malevolent creature feared by sailors for its ability to attack and sink the ships. All right, who's next on our list? It's Tiamat. Tiamat is a deity in Mesopotamian mythology and is often depicted as a dragon-like sea monster. Typically, Tiamat is depicted as a massive dragon or serpent with multiple heads. In the Enuma Elish, Tiamat is depicted as the mother of all the gods and monsters and is seen as a representation of chaos and primordial disorder. I don't know if you have to drink for that, but if you want to, you should. 
Tiamat is depicted as having great strength and is said to have the ability to create other monsters and deities. This is uh, a little bit different than Leviathan, this ability to create these gods and monsters, which is pretty powerful. Now, you got to also remember that the Mesopotamian mythology would have influenced the Hebrew mythology. And so Tiamat is sort of like this precursor to Leviathan. We have another sea creature called Lotan or Lotan. I'm going to say Lotan. Lotan is a sea monster that appears in mythological tradition from ancient Syria. I believe it is called the Ugaritic mythology. Lotan is typically depicted as a giant sea serpent with seven heads. In Ugaritic mythology, Lotan is seen as a representation of chaos and primordial disorder. You may drink and is described as a wriggling serpent that churns up the sea. Lotan is described as having great strength and is said to have the ability to cause the sea to boil and release a deadly venom. That's a new one. That's pretty cool. By the way, if you are playing the sea monster drinking game, the Leviathan drinking game, please don't be doing this while you're driving. I shouldn't have to say that, but we know this world. It's a little nuts. Next on our list is the nemesis of Thor, Jormungandr. Jormungandr! I got to do a whole episode on Jormungandr just because it's so fun. And I could practice my Norway, my Thor accent. Jormungandr is a sea monster that appears in Norse mythology and is also known as the world serpent. Jormungandr is typically depicted as a giant serpent with a body that encircles the world. In Norse mythology, Jormungandr is the son of the trickster god Loki. We all know who he is now and is said to be so large that it can encircle the world and grasp its own tail. It's also said to be the cause of earthquakes and tidal waves. Jormungandr is also described as having great strength and is also said to be able to cause earthquakes and tidal waves. You know, that is something that should be spoken of. Now, a lot of these myths came up because there was a tidal wave or because there was a whirlpool or an earthquake. And they're like, what could cause that? It must be Jormungandr, the giant serpent who surrounds the world. There's no other explanation for tidal waves. You know, that's kind of how all these things happened. Um, some describe just like the cosmos and the power of destruction and chaos. And some are actually probably explanations for natural occurrences in the world. Now, there are other books besides the Hebrew Bible. There are a ton of books outside of the Hebrew Bible and the Christian Bible, and they're usually called Apocrypha, and they are basically not accepted as the canon in like the Orthodox religions, but they're out there. And at some point in history, people really like read these stories and thought of them as equally as important as the stories that are today considered canon. A good example is, you know, Star Wars has a canon, just so to bring this into the modern world. There's a canon, and there was a canon that was erased, and there's a new canon now that Disney has. And it doesn't mean that some people who are Star Wars fans didn't love those other stories and really believe in those other stories as like this stuff mattered and these characters mattered. So that's the way it was with books like Enoch, you know? And Enoch has a lot of stuff. We're going to actually talk about Enoch probably a lot in these podcast episodes because Enoch is basically where we get the story of the fallen angels. But Leviathan is 
and Enoch. In the book of Enoch, he's a monstrous sea creature that is said to dwell in the depths of the ocean. So it's all the same kind of stuff. He's described as a creature with a massive body, sharp teeth, a long tail, extremely powerful and difficult to defeat. And he's associated with, you know, evil or the forces of darkness. So He's not a very good guy, but he is slain by the archangel Gabriel at the end of time. That's the other thing, like in sort of the Hebrew Apocrypha and the Revelation book we're going to talk about, Leviathan's mentioned to be like coming back at the end of time and we're going to finally defeat him, which is interesting because God created Leviathan and then we got to wait till the end of time till God defeats him, which he could do at any time, but he's choosing not to do this. And this is important. When we look at the book of Revelation, modern day Christians look at the book of Revelation and they see it as a story that's coming up in the future. But we have to understand that when Jesus was around, if he actually existed and had these followers and he wasn't just a made up story, the people who did follow him, either if he existed or not, this doesn't matter. The people who follow the teachings of Jesus believed because Jesus said so, that the kingdom of God was at hand. It meant that the end of the world was right now we were living in the end times when jesus came and was crucified and died and was buried and was resurrected that was the end time so the original christians thought hey man we don't got that much time they were like yeah we're gonna write this book of revelations and the book of revelation is a acid trip of a book it's all kinds of weird visions but the visions were meant to explain what was currently going on in the world of the writer They weren't talking about the 21st century. They weren't talking about the 20th century, 19th century. They were talking about the world they currently lived in. So that's important to understand. There are so many weird trippy visions in Revelation that are basically talking about the current political world, the Roman emperors, the way the world was, the defeat of Jerusalem in 70 uh, AD. So that's what this stuff is all about. And Leviathan is mentioned as one of the creatures that will present at the end of the world. According to the text, Leviathan is described as a great sea monster with seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. All that stuff gets translated today by modern Christians that it means something, but it meant something to the writer of the time. It didn't mean anything in the 21st century, unless you're a believer and you believe this stuff. But I'm looking at this as a historical context, not a theology or a belief or a faith. So the Leviathan is mentioned in the same passage as the beast from the sea and the beast from the land, which are both symbols of evil and corruption. The Leviathan is also associated with chaos and destruction. As it's described as being like a leopard, his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. In the context of the book of Revelation, the Leviathan is often interpreted as a symbol of the ultimate enemy of God, representing the forces of evil that will rise up against the kingdom of God at the end of time. The Leviathan is also seen as a representation of the ultimate defeat of evil as it is ultimately slain by the Lamb of God, who is the symbol of Jesus Christ. Let's go to the other side. Let's talk about the Satanic Bible. Now, the Satanic Bible is a book written by Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, that outlines the principles and beliefs of the organization. In the Satanic Bible, the Leviathan is mentioned as a symbol of the power and majesty of Satan. 
According to the Satanic Bible, the Leviathan is seen as a representation of the power of the individual and is revered as a symbol of self-empowerment and independence. The Leviathan is also associated with chaos and destruction, drink, and is seen as a symbol of the forces of nature that are beyond human control. In the context of the Satanic Bible, the Leviathan is often interpreted as a symbol of rebellion against authority and conformity and is seen as a representation of the individual's will to power. It is also seen as a symbol of the ultimate victory of the individual over external forces that seek to control or oppress them. Overall, the Leviathan is revered in the Satanic Bible as a symbol of power, independence, and rebellion against authority. Now, anybody who hates the Satanic Bible most likely never read the Satanic Bible. If they think it's evil, they didn't read the Satanic Bible because it's more about the individual and you having control over your life. Even the Satanic Temple in Salem like, and all the parts of that is not about like Satan. It's not even like they believe in Satan, but it's about you know, owning your life. And I love this statement here where uh, Leviathan is, is representing this anti-authoritarian and non-conformity. That's kind of like me. I'm a rebel in that way. And that's why I kind of lean towards that. I don't see Satan as a real demon or a real thing, but I like that statement. And I think more people can benefit from that kind of mentality. We spent days at sea, scanning the horizon for any signs of the Leviathan. The ship was cramped and uncomfortable, and the constant rocking made it hard to sleep, but I was determined to find the beast and bring it down no matter what it took. Finally, on the fourth day of our search, I was finishing a case of beer when we caught sight of it. It was a massive rising serpent, easily the size of our ship. Its skin was covered in scales that glinted in the sunlight, and its eyes glowed with a sinister light. I knew we had to act fast. I grabbed my weapons and shouted for the crew to follow me. We rushed toward the beast, our weapons at the ready. The Leviathan was fast and agile, but we were determined. We fought with all our might, but it was no use. The beast was too powerful, and before we knew it, it had destroyed our ship and vanished back into the depths of the sea. We were left adrift in the water, our ship in ruins and our hopes of victory dashed. I couldn't help but feel a sense of defeat as I watched the beast disappear into the depths. But I knew that I would have to face it again one day. I was a demon hunter after all, and I would stop at nothing to protect the people from the forces of darkness. Now, in pop culture, the Leviathan continues to appear in various works of literature and art, often as a metaphor for powerful and uncontrollable forces. You thought I was going to say chaos and destruction, didn't you? It has also been referenced in pop culture, including music, film, and television. Let me give you a few examples. In literature, the Leviathan has been referenced in works such as the novel Moby Dick, which tells of the story of a giant whale that is pursued by the protagonist, Captain Ahab. In music, the Leviathan has been mentioned in several songs, including Iron Maiden's The Number of the Beast. What a great song. I love that song. Also in Mastodon's Leviathan. In film and television, the Leviathan has appeared in various movies and TV shows. We already spoke about Clash of the Titans and also in the TV show Supernatural. 
In video games, the Leviathan has been featured as a boss character in such games as Final Fantasy XIII and World of Warcraft. Overall, though, the Leviathan has maintained a strong presence in popular culture, often appearing as a powerful and fearsome creature that represents chaos and destruction. Let's see if I can do this. Chaos and destruction. Chaos and destruction. All right. Let's just finish up with the magic number, shall we? The magic number is 38. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you appreciate the little drama that I peppered in this week. I am thinking of continuing that, but I really want to hear your feedback. Um, I'm probably going to do it anyway, but uh, just because I want to have fun. This is I'm doing things that make me happy and are fun, and I hope you have that fun with me. Um, but please let me know in the comments. Write me a review on Apple do anything to tell me you enjoyed this episode because I really appreciate hearing from you all. And check out my show notes for all my links and I will be back with a new episode in two weeks. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippoliti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.